Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. We prayed a lot, and I got a lot to preach to you. All eyes on Jesus today. This is a challenging week. I'm going to end this series. I rarely do five weeks in a preaching series, but I'm ending it with a hard challenge for you. Uh, Did you wear your big girl and big boy pants today? Anybody? Are you ready for this? Are you ready to receive the word of the Lord today? All right. This is a challenging week. And here's why it's challenging. Because I love comfort. I love the city of comfort, but I'm not talking about there. There's a ton of people that, yeah, bless you, uh, that come come to church here. Uh, that live in comfort. I love my comfort. I have reached the time in my life when I like comfortable things. I make decisions based on how comfortable it is. Can I get a good amen? I make shoe decisions. I have found a brand of shoes called Hoka. Do you know this? Anybody know this? They are technically running shoes. Somebody asked me one time, Pastor, are those your running shoes? I said, absolutely not. These are my wearing shoes, okay, everybody? These are not my running shoes. As a matter of fact, if you ever see me outside running, send help. Come help me. Somebody's after me. I'm not running on purpose. Somebody's chasing me, all right? So come get me. Come help me. They're not for running for me. They're not because I want to get fit. They're because they're the most comfortable things I've ever put on my feet. God gave us hokas. Say amen to that, everybody. I like it. I've reached the point in my life when I like comfortable clothes. I have an eight-year-old little boy named Henry, and he likes to wear athletic wear. He dresses as though he works for the San Antonio Spurs. He likes long basketball shorts and T-shirts and slides and he wears them almost every day his mama will let him but on Sundays he has to wear something differently and he he wears a uniform to school but the moment he comes home from church or school he puts on what he calls soft clothes (laughs) so all the clothes he has to wear to church and to school are hard clothes but he means I want to be comfortable. Is anybody else like this but our family? I just want to make sure it's not us. Good, there's three of us over here that live this way. I like comfortable cars. I've kind of reached the point of my ministry and my life and my career when I'm going to drive a comfortable car. I'm just going to do that. I'm going to stay in a nice hotel room. Brother ain't going to go camping. Thank you for the invitation. I'm not sleeping outside. I'm not sleeping in a tent. I don't care how nice your tent is. I don't care how nice your cot is inside of your tent. Is it outdoors? I'm not sleeping there. My idea of roughing it is a Hampton Inn. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I'll meet you for breakfast at the campsite. Brother's going to go back to the Hampton Inn and and stay inside. I just like comfortable. I'm at the point in my life when comfort matters. The problem with this is that that same comfort creeps its way into my Christianity. That we live in this comfortable society. The the best-selling chair in all of America is Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy. Any husbands your wife has allowed you to buy a recliner? Anybody? One of you. Any men want one and your wife will not allow you to have... There they are. There's my brothers in arms. There we are right here. A lazy boy. They don't call it a risky boy. It's not called a worker boy. It's called a 
lazy boy because when I get in it I want to veg out I want to lay around I want to be a couch potato again the problem with that lifestyle is it creeps into your faith and the couch potato becomes a pew potato and we start saying God I'll follow you as long as it's comfortable God I'll do what you want me to do as long as it's comfortable God, I'll follow you into my calling, but I'd like it to be comfortable. God, I'll do whatever you want me to do as long as it's comfortable. Every time you're faced with the call of God on your life, you're faced with a choice. Do I sit back, enjoy the comfort of my life, the comfort of this chair that I'm in, or do I move into the challenge God has for me? Here's what I know. One or the other, the chair or the challenge, one or the other will grow into a habit. And before long, you'll have lived 10 years, 15 years, 20 years of your life, never stepping into all that God has for you, simply because you've chosen comfort every time over calling. Say amen to that. Because I like it comfortable. I like, I, I like, I like, I don't like to follow God like that. I, God, I'll do anything you want me to as long as it's not hard. God, I'll follow you anywhere as long as it's not there. God, I'll do anything you ask me to do as long as it's not difficult. Every time you choose comfort, you are likely to, you become less and less likely to fulfill your destiny. But every time you choose the calling of God in your life, you become more and more likely to end your life believing that you've arrived at the destiny God has for you. And one of my deepest prayers for you is that you get to the end of your life at 85, 90, 95, 103 years old. And when you close your eyes, you close your eyes believing I have lived the destiny God has for me. Look at me. I want to go to heaven tired. I want to go to heaven exhausted. Say amen to that. I don't want to have any reserved energy. I don't want to have any. I don't want God in heaven to go. You know I had more. But you were comfortable. You know I had more stuff for you to do. But you were comfortable. I want to get up every day and say. God I got a choice today. And I am choosing calling in my life. Challenge in my life. Bring me forward even if it's not comfortable for me. Say amen to that. So I'm going to give you a story today that's recognizable from the book of Matthew. As a matter of fact, if you're new to the Bible or you're not a student of the Bible, you've probably heard this story at some point in your life. Jesus meets the disciples in a storm. And he meets them walking on the water. And he calls a disciple to walk with him. Let me pause here. I don't have time to teach it to you. But God is calling you to participate in the miracle. God's calling you to participate in your destiny. Look at me. Destiny isn't a prereq. It's not predetermined. It's not just going to stop in your lap. God's not just going to dump all that stuff on you. At some point, you're going to wake up and realize, I have to do something to participate in the destiny God has for me. Say amen to that. And this happens to the Apostle Peter. And he walks on water. And I want to teach it to you. Take a look at the screen and watch the story. Everyone get into the boat and row back across to Capernaum. What about you? <laughs> it's been a long three days. I need some time alone to pray. But there are storm clouds on the horizon. Let me stay with you, Rabbi. 
I'll keep watch. Be fine. All of you go. Hurry. Follow Simon. You all did so well today. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, 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 shalom. shalom.
Keep your eyes on me. taking notes today, write this in your notes. I'm preaching, get out of the boat. <clears throat> get out of the boat, get out of the boat. The old saying says it like this, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step, that first step that you take. This is one of the most unique stories in all of the Bible because I've been in a situation when I felt like all hope was lost. I've actually been in a situation I thought I was going to die. A few years ago, Brandy and I traveling to preach on the west coast and we had a layover in Vegas and I don't know if it was all of the gambling devils in Vegas or what it was but it was the most turbulent flight I had ever been on in my life and I'm a little bit of a nervous flyer anyway because I'm not in control <laughs> all my control freaks say amen to that and so I just knew we came in for a landing and when I tell you it was the bumpiest scariest time I had ever lived and you get in a situation you think you're going to die. I honestly, it, it came across my mind. I thought that we're not going to make it out of this. This is going to be over. You don't care who's looking. You don't care what's happening. I started praying out loud. I started praying in tongues. I started confessing the sins, everything I'd done. I mean, we're just everything I could do for, for God to come through in that situation. Have you ever been in a situation like that where you just think, man, I don't know how this is going to happen. And then bad things start happening and they get worse. I mean, the disciples are in this storm. 
They're confessing sins one to another. You know, I could see James tell Andrew, hey, listen, I know it was five loaves and two fish, but there were actually six loaves and four fish. I ate some on the way to bring it to you guys. I'm sorry about that. I mean, just confessing, just just whatever it is. And you're already scared. You know that guy when you're already scared who tries to scare you even more? You know when, when back when you were lost and you used to watch horror movies, you remember that? You remember when you were not saved and you used to watch horror movies? And then, and then somebody looks out the window and goes, what's that? And you're already scared, and now, they're, and now you're looking out the window thinking, I don't know. I don't know what is that out there. I don't know. And that's what happens. The, the storm is raging, and then somebody says, what's that? I think it's a ghost coming right there. But Peter, when he realizes it's Jesus, listen, his response is what's most important. And if you're going to follow God out of comfort, if you're going to get out of the boat, if you're going to follow God into the calling that he has on your life, you're going to have to do a few things. Write these in your notes. Number one, water walkers always recognize God's presence. You got to recognize the presence of God in the midst of your storm. Well, pastor, I can't do that. It's bad right now. It's turbulent right now. Things aren't good right now. My marriage is not good right now. Our relationship is falling apart right now. I don't know what I can do. The business is falling apart. Our finances aren't secure right now. How do you know that God is there? Listen, it's the relationship you have with Jesus on the shore that gives you confidence when you're in the storm. It's the relationship that you have that you know, you recognize. I don't know what else is happening, but I know God's working. I don't know what else is going on, but I know God's here. I don't know how this is going to end, but I know God's presence is here. Can you shout amen to that? It happened just a couple of weeks ago. I was in uh, an ICU unit. I saw the hand of the Lord. It was things had turned bad. That, who, who knew what was going to go on? And I saw the hand of God. I recognized the presence of God. It lifted everybody in the room. There are times in your life when you got to know everything else looks bad. The storm looks bad. Things don't look good. I don't know how this is going to end, but I know God is here. Say amen to that you got to recognize that God is here. The enemy's number one job is to convince you you're all alone. That God isn't with you in your turmoil. That God isn't there in your broken heart. That God isn't there when the marriage is falling apart. That God has let you down. There it is. Look at everything you've accomplished. Look at everything that you've done. God isn't with you. Somebody else will do it. You, you, you couldn't even accomplish this if you tried. You're never going to make it out of this storm. You're not good enough. You're not able to do this. You've done all you can do. Just back up and relax and let somebody else get out of the boat. But Jesus is calling you out of your comfort. And Peter, true joy can only be found when you recognize the presence of God is calling me to something more. Say amen to that. That I know God's here. I don't know how. I don't know where God is going to show up. But God is here. I don't know when God's going to show up. 
But God is here. And you will never get to the destiny that God has ordained for your life. If you stay in the safety of the boat. If you say, listen, this is all I know. This is all I can do. And the enemy will give you fake happiness and fake joy and fake peace and fake friends and fake relationships. And you'll fill your life with empty success only to get to the end of your life and realize... I never walked on water. I didn't follow God fully. Because it was turbulent. Because the storm was here. Because it was tough. You got to be aware of your storm that God is here. I didn't put it on the screen, but write it in your notes. The presence of a storm doesn't equal the absence of God. Some people think, well, if God's here, why did this happen? Because evil exists in the world. Because storms come in the world. The number one question asked by atheists when they meet a person of faith is, if God's good, if God's real, if God's really in control, why does all this bad stuff happen? It's amazing to me. When good stuff happens, we go, God did it. But when bad stuff happens, we blame God as well. Sometimes in your life, there are going to be unexplained storms. That doesn't mean God isn't there. God is here in my trouble. In my debt, God is here. In the hospital room, God is here. In the lawyer's office, God is here. In the doctor's office, God is here. In the bedroom all alone and you don't know what to do next, God is here. If you're going to follow the presence of God in your life, you're going to have to learn. I don't think that's a ghost. I don't think that's just the counseling talking. I don't think this is just a feel-good message. I think God is here. Shout amen to that. God's here in my life. You need to recognize that when you're in a storm. You need to recognize that that God's calling you out of comfort. You need to recognize that that God's reaching for you. So you you can experience God on a level you never have. You need to recognize the presence of God. Look around in your life. It doesn't mean everything's good, but God is here. Doesn't mean everything's whole, but God is here. How many of you can testify God sustained you through the hardest seasons of your life? Come on, look around. Look around. God's been with me. Has it been difficult? You bet it has. Has it been hard? You bet it has. But listen to me. Look into my eyes. You have lived through your darkest days and you're still here. Because God Number two, you've got to recognize the presence of God if you're going to walk on the water. Number two, you've got to listen to the voice of God. You've got to learn to listen to the voice of God. Jesus calls Peter. He says, come on. Come on out of your storm. Come on out of this comfort zone. Come on. But God, I can't do it. God, I believe that you can, but I don't know. God, I think that you're there, but I don't know. God, if that's really you, Peter said, Jesus, if that's really you, I don't know. Write it down like this. Faith is the easy part. Obedience is the challenge. I've met a ton of Christians who have faith in, oh yeah, I believe God can do that. And then you walk through the darkest season of your life and that's when the challenge comes. That's when can I obey God? Can I actually step out of the boat? I believe God can, but there's something about the obedience of putting one foot in front of the other and saying, okay God, I don't know what's around this corner. I don't know what you're going to do next. I don't know how you're going to use this for your glory, but I'm obeying the call of God on my life. It's always easier to make decisions than it is to make disciplines. I'm preaching better than you're a manning. 
That's okay. I'm going to go watch myself tonight and preach myself silly. I'm going to amen myself all by myself in my house. <laughs> Obedience is the hard part. Faith is the easy part. Oh, yeah, God's a healer. Okay, you get sick. Now what? Oh, yeah, God's a provider. Okay, the business shuts down. Now what? Oh, yeah, God's a restorer. Okay, your marriage is, is turbulent. Now what? Faith is the easy part. Obedience is the challenge. I don't just want you to talk about getting out of the boat. I want you to take a step. You got to define. It could be a different step for everybody in the room. Maybe God's calling you to a mission trip. Maybe God's calling you to be faithful in tithing and offering. Maybe God's calling you to write a book. Maybe God's calling you to go back to school. Maybe God's calling you to go to counseling. Maybe God's calling you to come to welcome home tonight at 5 o'clock. Listen, look at me. It's dinner and child care. Where I'm from, that's called a date night. What's wrong with that? Just join the church. You've been trying out. You've been here for weeks. Just If God's calling you to this family, join the family. Join the dream team. Whatever God's called. you got to take that. Don't just have faith in it. Take step in it. But the problem is I need a plan. Where's the planners at? Raise your hands, planners. How many, keep your hands up. How many of you are married to no plan people? Yeah, there you are. They always attract each other, don't they? God forbid you get two free spirits together. They don't even know how they got here today. They don't know how they got dressed. I don't even know how we made it here today. They looking at each other going, hey, did you drive? I didn't drive. I don't know how we got it. I don't know what we did. Shoes don't match. Look down the aisle. They'll have two different shoes on. They don't know. I'm a planner. I'm married to a free spirit. <laughs> I'm a planner. I like to know when and where and how and what we're going to do, God. How are we going to get over there? God, lead the way. But if you don't mind, tell me what the way is. <laughs> a couple years ago, I have a little boy and a little girl, and we went to the park together. They had never been there before, but my little boy said, Sissy, follow me. I'll know the way. Now, it was cute in the moment, but it was disastrous after just a couple of moments because Henry has never been there before. He couldn't lead. He doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't have any experience. He's never done anything. Look into my eyes. Some of you are following people and the advice of people who've never done anything or been anywhere. Why in the world would you follow unspiritual people into more unspiritual territory? Why would you follow people who struggle in their marriage when you have marriage issues? Why would you follow broke people when you are broke you need to find somebody and go that's where I want to go there I'm calling over there I need somebody that knows the plan don't follow me to the gym find you a skinny brother that's been there before I know where it is but I don't know what goes on inside there <laughs> find you somebody who knows get in a group join a team you gotta get you can either stay with the scared people on your boat or you can listen to the voice of God calling you to more Abraham has this dilemma Genesis 12 the Lord said to Abram go from your country everybody say go wasn't everybody everybody say go go your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will. What's the next word? You didn't say it loud. Say it. Go, then show. Now listen, I'm a planner. 
I prefer show, then I'll go. God, I'm following you. I just need you to show me where we're going first. God, I'm down for an adventure. I just need to know what the whole adventure entails. And the kingdom is just the opposite. It's no, let me call you out. But what if the water fails? Let me call you out. But what if it doesn't happen? Stepping out of the boat cannot be done without prayer and communication and all eyes on Jesus. All eyes on Jesus. But I like to see the whole thing. I wish God would give me a detailed map. Where's all my 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds? If you're above the age of 35, raise your hands in the room. These are the special generation. Come on, kids of the 80s and 90s. We didn't have Apple Maps or Google Maps. We had MapQuest. That's a real map. That's what Holy Ghost-filled people would follow. And we had to print it out before we got in the car. And we had to hold on to it and go, okay, where do we go next? And we'd give it to our co-captain and say, tell me where to go next. I, we had ma- I, I would wish God would print me a map quest to lead this church. I wish God, after 23 years of marriage, would give me a map quest of what to do next. I would, amen. <laughs> Somebody lay hands on that brother wherever he is. He may, he may need a ride home. I wish God would teach me how to raise teenagers I wish there was a a, a map quest I could follow But often It's not the whole map It's the next step Say the next step That's why Psalm 119, 105 says Your word is a lamp for my And a light for my path God, I'd like you to just light the whole thing up for me If you don't mind God, I'd like for you to just show me every twist and turn. I'll follow you. I'll do that. I'll start it. I'll follow you, God. I'll give. I'll serve. But could you show, God, I'll go all in with God. God, I'd like to get over there. If you don't mind lighting this whole thing up, this is really nice. I really like going over here. I can see the pitfalls. I can see where I could fall. I can see what's around the corner. I can see there's an object there. I know how to get there. But God doesn't work that way. Your word is not a spotlight. Your word is a lamp. That just illuminates my feet. Now I want to get over there. But I can't see over there God. God I believe you. I got faith. But I can't see anything past this step. The Bible said his words a lamp to my feet. So when my feet move the lamp moves. (laughs) When my feet move the presence moves. When I keep walking towards all that God has for me, there's more light in front of me. There is not light all the way up there. There's just light for my feet and my path. There's just God lighting up my very next step. God, what do I do next? Take the next step. God, I don't know what if this church isn't the right one. Just show up and see what happens. God, I don't know if this small group is for me. Just try See what happens. God, what if, what, if I can't, what if I start tithing and we can't afford to? Just try. See what happens. God, what if I go all in? What's going to happen? Just see what, just take a next step. God, what if we go to counseling and it doesn't work? Just take a next step. God, what if I go to rehab and I still struggle? Just take a next step. And the path is lit up. And before you know it, you open your eyes and the lights come back on. And you realize 
I made it to the other side. I made it to the other side over here. All I could see was just that one little lamp. All I could see is that God I wish you'd show me everything but he shows me the next step. God I wish you'd take me everywhere but he shows me what to do next. And some of us are never going to get to destiny because God's not going to show us everything. He's just going to show us our feet and the next step. Say amen to that. God's formula is go and then I'll light it up. There's a difference between following your gifting and following the call of God in your life. You can follow your gift and it'll take you so far. But the call of God is what opens up doors that no man can shut. The purpose of God is what calls you into your destiny. Israel is facing the Philistines and there are other men who are much more gifted to fight. But the only one who can defeat Goliath is David. Not because he's more qualified. Because he's called by God to beat Goliath. There's some things only you can do in your family. There's some things only you can do on your school campus. There's some things only you can do in that office. There's some things only you can do in this church. There's some things this community, listen, there's a need in this community that only you can fill. It's calling. You got to get out of the boat. You got to follow the voice of God. God, I didn't sign up for all this. God, I didn't sign up for storms and boats and hurricanes. I didn't sign up for that. Write this in your notes. You got to stop acting like you signed up for something. Start acting like you're called to something. Here's the reason why. Listen to me. Because if all you did was sign up for it, you can quit it. But if I'm called to it, I got to keep going. I got to keep moving. I'm reminded of the, the, the tenacity of this church and the dream team and those of you who've been here for six years. Our church is only six years old. We've been in four different locations. I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of the tenacity of early morning load in and take them. I'm reminded of the tenacity of where did they go and who are they and why did they not come back and you just keep moving one foot in front of the next. And listen, here's something I don't tell every crowd, but I feel led to tell you. 20 years from now, there are going to be people in this room who look back and say, thank God I kept, I was called there. You're going to build the church that our children inherit. You're going to build the ground that they walk on, the ground of faith that they believe God for. They're, they're not going to have to struggle like we struggled to get here. Listen, team, they're not going to have to struggle. Listen, kingdom builders, givers, tithers, they may not have to give like you and I have to give to get what they got because we built it for 20 years for them. But I promise you this, you're going to look back and think, thank God I was called. I was called there. I was called to serve. I was called to be a giver. I was called to be in relationship. I was called to be a prayer partner. I was called into that classroom. I was called by God into my destiny. I didn't sign up for this. I was called. You and I really don't know what happens in the calling. We call it a metamorphosis. Two words that form the word metamorphosis Meta means beyond or after or, or it's something that's unexplained after the morphosis, which is the process of being formed. In other words, we're not exactly sure what happens inside the cocoon. 
We just know it goes in one way and comes out the other. Look at me. And some of you are going to look back over your life and you go, I don't know how exactly I made it. I just know this. God was forming something on the inside. God was making me into something He wanted me to be. God was there. There was a transformation on the. I didn't come from a family that believed God like this, but God was changing me. I didn't come from a couple that believed God like this, but God changed us. We walked through hell together, and God kept us. We 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 decided we were going to follow God. I, how did it happen? I don't really know. I just know when I got to the other side, I was different. There was something. The process produces the purpose of your life. Water walkers recognize that God's presence. They listen to His voice. Here's the third one, and then I'll pray for you. Eventually, water walkers just get out of the boat. You just get out of the boat. You just get out of the boat. Isn't it crazy to you that Peter just asked Jesus? He just said, if it's you, bid me to come. All Jesus says is, come. I need more than that. If, if I thought it was a ghost and there's a storm everywhere and all you got, I'm not going just because it come. I need, to, I need you to ask like bank security questions. Are y'all with me on this? Like what's your grand, what's my grandmother's maiden name? What was my high school mascot? Y'all with me on that? What's, it, what's your favorite pet's name? Come, that's it. God, you mean on this call, on one Sunday, you just want me to go all in on that? On this one calling, that's it? God won't give you anything you haven't pursued in your life. I got to quit, but God won't give you anything. That's why Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, then it will be given to you. Seek, then you're going to find it. Knock, then it will be opened. We live in a culture that wants it opened and given and found without any work. But here's the last thing I'll tell you. I am required to participate in my destiny. You're required to go, okay, God, all the chips are in. I'll walk on water because I'll get up and go. I'll just decide this is it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take that next step. What's going to happen next? I don't know. Where do we go from here? I'm not sure. How do I get up another day and live? I don't know. But I'm going to follow. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep walking. When will the storm end? I don't know. When will the sun shine again? I don't know. There was no guarantee when Peter left the boat that the storm would stop. It's after the faith. Peter walking on water that Jesus says, peace be still. Maybe peace is waiting on your next step. Bow your heads and close your eyes all over the room. Heavenly Father, I pray for people today who are in a storm. If this is you, nobody's looking around, just be bold and put your hand in the air. Say, Pastor, include me in this prayer. I'm in a storm. I don't know what to do next. I'm confused. Things don't, they're not clear. We don't know what to do. We don't know what the, the doctor said this. The bank said this. Our, the, the counselor said this. Hands are up all over the house. So, Father, I pray for people who are in a storm, in a decision, in a point in their lives, and they don't know what to do next. I don't even know how to take the next turn. I don't even know how to say what's on my heart. I don't even know where to go. I don't even know where you're leading. I don't even know what God is showing me. I just know there's calling in my life. 
So God, I'm going to follow you. Come on, put your hands down, but lift your hearts to the Lord. God, I'm going to follow you. God, I want to, I want to follow you. I want to recognize the presence of God. Can I tell somebody in a storm today, God is there. God is there. Let Him fill you with His presence right now. Holy Spirit, God, I'm asking you to move today. and God, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to be poured out in people's hearts who are struggling today where there's a storm raging on the inside, where there's a storm that's struggling, where there's, there, there's purpose on the inside of them and they don't know where or how. Father, I'm asking you to move today. God, I know that your presence is here. God, help me to follow your voice. Come on, pray this way. Help me to follow the voice of God. Help me to be wise and hear the voice of God. I don't want to hear the voice of everybody else. There are scared people on the boat with you. You don't have to listen to them. you got to listen to Jesus. Come on, I feel led to tell you that one more time. There are scared people on the boat with you. You don't have to listen to them. you got to listen to Jesus. Where are you calling me? What do you want me to do next? What's the next step? And you got to get out of the boat. I wish you would light up the whole path, God. Not going to happen. I wish you'd show me where we're going. He doesn't. But He does light your next step. You're not going to stumble. You're not going to fall. Because His Word is a lamp to your feet, a light to your path. He's going to help me keep moving forward. So Holy Spirit, I pray for that in this room. I pray for a boldness towards purpose. God, I leave the, the, the comfort of my chair and lean into the challenge of the call of God. My eyes, come on, pray this way, this final prayer of this final message in this series, my eyes fixed on Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and everybody shout a big amen. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord today over your heart? Come on, give God praise for his word. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.